the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Well, uh, we certainly try to do our best. Welcome. Good to have you with us. It is uh, Tuesday, and uh, welcome to the post-Martin Luther King holiday edition of Lifeline. Trust if you had the day off, you had a a great day, and uh, welcome you to a, a new week here on Lifeline. Pretty packed agenda throughout the broadcast week. Helps fill the time. Jarrell <laughs> says, why do you say that? You've got two hours every night where you come on the air and say it's not a, much of an agenda at all. So what, you can just be silenced for half the show? I didn't even plant that idea because some listeners are applauding in their cars right now. It's a brilliant idea, Robert. In fact, could you shut up right now? Uh, I won't, though. <laughs> we got some great stuff to talk about tonight. Later on, Brad Dacus will join us tonight. We're going to talk about a lawsuit that's being filed against the city of Salinas. When you hear the story of what this little church that's simply trying to use a building they already own that has been kicked to the curb by the city council of Salinas and uh, essentially invited them to a, oh, I I don't know, what do we call this, a David and Goliath kind of fight, saying that uh, if the church didn't uh, uh, essentially abandon the use of the building that they already own, that they were going to be in a, quote, a war they could not win. Well, game on. Brad Dacus will tell us all about that later on tonight's program. We're also going to talk about these poor students from Cummington Catholic School in Kentucky. Boy, talk about mischaracterization at so many levels. And, uh, you know, it's it's not unusual to hear the left accuse the right of being snowflakes, but I have never seen a case where children, and they call them children, they are, they're, they're high school kids to me, my age, they're children, who respond to intimidating behavior by others by standing and smiling, and that, according to some social media protagonists, protagonists would uh, consider that to be intimidating, racially charged behavior. Really? All right, we're going to talk about that. Charlie Dice is going to join us from the Bob Zadek Show a little bit later on in the program tonight, but we begin with an important topic. There's been a tremendous, a lot of attention in uh, the recent year. In fact, it was just a year ago, January, that Harvey Weinstein's situation came to the forefront and all the talk about what's been happening in Hollywood and the casting couch and the bigger topic of the Me Too movement. And of course, lurking behind a lot of that in the shadows are behaviors and addictions, quite frankly, that many men struggle with that then plays out or leads to some of this more overt behavior, whether it is breaking the bonds of marriage or um, outright abuse of women 
Um, it's a sad situation into which we see our country slowly devolving into. And if that were the end of the story, we could have a good cry and, and then all go home. But the good news is that there is hope um, for men in particular that are struggling with addictions related to everything from sexual behavior to pornography and, uh, and all of that they can do in a damaging fashion toward relationships. Well, returning to the San Francisco Bay Area February 8th through 10 is Every Man's Battle Workshop. And here to tell us more about it is the founder, and of course, he is the chairman of New Life Ministries. You hear him each Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. right here on KFAX. Stephen Arterburn. Stephen, how are you? Oh, Craig, it's always great to be with you. And um, I'll just go ahead and say we're really thrilled to be bringing Every Man's Battle there to this area, and it's a a wonderful opportunity in 48 hours for anybody listening right now. You can go from really a guy that is not in control of himself and not knowing what is going to happen to being a man of of sexual integrity and purity. You, You mentioned Harvey Weinstein and the Me Too movement. It actually has impacted Every Man's Battle in a really interesting way. Before the Me Too movement, um, most of the phone calls for the first time were from the wives of somebody struggling with an affair or pornography, something like that. And then he would follow up and he would come. Not true anymore. Since Me Too, more men are realizing that their behavior either is already uh, sexually intimidating or harassing, and they know they're going to get caught. And and so they're doing something about it either before they get caught or before it escalates to the next level. Because, you know, pornography really is the gateway drug to all of this. It's all about lust and, and really wanting something that isn't yours. And I, I don't think a lot of men ever dream that this thing could be an addiction that literally could cost you everything, your job, your family, everything, but it is that. But, boy, we have just seen some of the most incredible people come in. They got caught up in it somehow. They they do what's right. They get the help. And we've seen restoration and healing in those families. And so I just I can't encourage you more to consider, if you're a wife of one of these guys and he's been telling you how much better he wants to do, tell him to go and if you're a guy don't wait for some woman to tell you to do it or you have to do it come be part of it on february 8th through the 10th now steve there are some listening to our conversation right now that are not there yet and and what i mean by that is uh, there hasn't been a compromise to the marriage relationship yet there hasn't been any discovery um and yet i have to wonder with that are they setting themselves up for disaster I would imagine that there are aspects of this, much like maybe entrance into substance abuse, that has to be a bit of a a slippery slope. Maybe it begins with curiosity or frustration. Maybe it finds you. You're you're just innocently Googling for something, and all of a sudden things pop up on the computer screen, and no one's looking, and you're curious, so you start to check things out, and and before you know it, it it, it pulls you in like a vortex. Is is that a common way in which this, this can end up ruining lives and marriages, but starts in the quote-unquote innocent fashion? It it is. In fact, one of the the top speakers around the country, uh, wife called me and said he's he's going to kill himself 
if something doesn't happen. And I wow. said, okay, tell, tell me what happened. So he was, he was definitely, I mean, you'd have to say he was addicted to pornography online. And so, you know, his curiosity was very strong, and all of a sudden a thing pops up, and it's a child pornography site. And, you know, he was in this compartment of sin and just forgetting everything that he held true, great Christian communicator. He just clicks on it out of curiosity. And I really believe him when he says he's never done anything like that. Well, a thing pops up that it's monitored by the FBI. They know where he lives, and he will be arrested shortly. Well, two things happen. One, he was afraid he was going to be caught. But secondly, it made him realize just how bad this thing had gotten. So he came to Every Man's Battle. Every year I get a phone call. Thank you for what you've done for me. That So that's a pretty severe case where curiosity you end up in a child porn site, but you never know what you're going to end up, and you don't ever know who's going to come after you because the person you were looking at was their daughter or wife or girlfriend or whatever. So we just encourage people, take care of the problem before you don't have a choice. And we're coming right there in your backyard, and it's one of the greatest experiences. You end up being a brother in the battle rather than battling the battle, and uh, we've seen victory after victory take place. Steve Onderburn with us tonight. He, of course, the founder and chair of New Life Ministries. We hear the broadcast Monday through Friday at 1 p.m. right here on KFAX. Every Man's Battle workshop coming to the San Francisco Bay Area in San Jose, February the 8th through the 10th. And you can get more information by going online to newlife.com. That's N-E-W-L-I-F-E, newlife.com. Or you can call toll-free 800 New Life. That's 1-800-639-5433. Now, there are aspects about this event that are created in an intentional fashion in order to to provide the kind of environment that not only allows guys to address these issues, to face these issues face-to-face, so to speak, but to do so in a shame-free zone. And when we come back after a timeout, we'll find out from Steve Otterburn exactly what that means and how, for so many guys, the sense of guilt and shame and, and cloaked in the, the, the bigger D word of denial that so often prevents them from getting the kind of help that they need, the kind of freedom that is necessary in order to break this chain and ultimately save their relationship. So why do we find, even as Christians, um, so much of shame and guilt preventing people from addressing the challenges that they face. We'll talk about that next. Steve Otterburn with us again. Every Man's Battle coming to San Jose, February 8 through 10. You can get details online at newlife.com. That N-E-W-L-I-F-E. Or call them toll-free at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. A timeout. Back with more as Lifeline continues. Get a look at traffic for you right now. 515. We say good afternoon to Michael Bennett in the KFAX Traffic Center. Hey, Michael. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Back to the conversation with Steve Otterburn from New Life Live. Again, we're talking about Every Man's Battle, the workshop coming to the San Francisco Bay Area, San Jose specifically, February the 8th through the 10th. Details on the web at newlife.com. That's N-E-W-L-I-F-E dot com. Uh, Steve, before the break, I mentioned about the fact that for, for a lot of guys, there is 
a sense of guilt and shame that attends to all of this. Others, maybe they get caught up in that sense of denial that, well, nobody else knows. Nobody else is being hurt by this. I'm doing this in the privacy. What could possibly be wrong? And, of course, those three things together, the guilt, the shame, and the denial, can be a very powerful combination in terms of preventing someone from being able to get the kind of help they need and, and as a result, preventing them from getting their relationship restored. How do you address the overwhelming feelings that a lot of guys have of guilt and shame that might even preclude them or prevent them from wanting to come to a workshop like this because they feel so embarrassed? Well, we've been doing this for 20 years now, and we've got the best of folks that are working with every individual. If you go online, and of course everything is online, you, you would never see a review saying, I've never felt so much shame in my life. What you'll see are men thinking that they were doomed, that they were going to hell, and now they have freedom and they're living for Christ. We say, and we make sure, this is a shame-free zone. We've all been there. I've struggled myself and so I love it when we see people don't they don't feel better they don't you know take some kind of medication to feel better they transform their lives that's what this is about it's about transformation and boy is it ever amazing and here's the other thing you don't have to worry about what's your wife gonna think or whatever we've dealt with thousands of spouses and how to make that the best experience possible for the best hope of restoration. You know, when you come to us, we're really interested in your recovery, but where there is a possibility of restoration of that marital uh, relationship, that's our priority. Now, if that's not possible, then our our priority is the restoration of you and maybe preparation for uh, being called to be single the rest of your life, or maybe there's another marriage. But we want to see transformation, not just somebody feel better or less guilt. But to do it, we create a very powerful shame-free zone where, you know, the, the speaker is Jason Martinkus, and he shares his own story. And when he's finished, you're going you're gonna to say, this guy has been where I've been, and I don't need to keep a secret here. I can be free, and I can share, and everything is going to be confidential. It's the greatest thing ever to come and get this burden off, but then you find people, a process, and a path to lead you to victory. Let me just give you a scripture. One of my favorite scriptures, Jeremiah 6, 16, it says to stop at the crossroads and look around and look and search for the godly path and walk in it, and there you will find rest and peace for your souls. We, we aren't doing anything new here. We're, we're taking people back to that old godly path of repentance and restitution and restoration. And it is one exciting thing to see it take place in couples that thought they were done. Let me mention again that the Every Band's Battle Workshop will be coming to San Jose February the 8th through the 10th, and you can get complete details as well as a registration by going to newlife.com, N-E-W, L-I-F-E, newlife.com, or by calling toll-free 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, Steve, there might be a few that are listening that says, okay, but Steve, Craig, you don't understand. This is something that's been going on in secret 
behind my wife's back, my family's back, for years. And I have tried everything. I've read books. I've done everything I can to try to engage in a better degree of self-control. I've thrown the computer out the window. Nothing seems to work. How can I hope to find any sort of, of freedom or initiate well, any you, solid change in just three days? Well, right, because you've done everything you could do on your own. By you know, here you ripped the the heart of a relationship to shreds, and you're going to get spiritual and read the Bible more, pray more. Well, we believe in reading the Bible more, but you've got to go beyond that. And so, men become men in the company of men, and that's one of the reasons that you got into this is you didn't have a strong father to help you avoid it. And so when you come face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball, and you connect in the flesh with other men, then now you're able to have a victory, not just by the men being there and their support, but by the program that we present. But look, if you could have done it right on your own, you would have. But now you humble yourself, open yourself up to some other men who have been where you are. Every therapist that comes, every Christian counselor that works with our guys has been exactly where you've been. They've all been through this and found victory, and now they're helping other people. You know, just yesterday I got an email from a woman. Her husband, 10 years ago, went to Every Man's Battle, and she went to our workshop for the women called Restore. What happened? Well, now he's running groups in his church for Every Man's Battle. She has gone back to uh, and she has her master's degree and is getting licensed as a marriage family counselor, and they're helping people restore their marriages. That's how dramatic this is. One of my board members was on the Federal Reserve Board, and we helped him, and we helped him save his family fortune and the business, and and now he sends us these Christmas cards and all the grandkids, and, and they're all together, and and he says, the least I can do is serve on your board, not the Federal Reserve Board, because you helped me save everything that I would have lost. And we can help anybody, but you have to call us at 1-800-NEW-LIFE and give us the opportunity to tell you how you can find freedom where you haven't found it before. And let me underscore something, because for men listening right now that are terrified, uh, what if I'm found out? Uh, what about the potential implications because of my job, because of my status in the community, because uh, I'm a member of the board of deacons at church, whatever it might be? You really go out of your way to create this, as we said earlier, shame-free zone that's also a very safe place, is it not? It is. And, you know, I do believe that you are going to be caught. I don't know if you've ever heard women say, but they'll say things like, the Lord told me either he will tell me what's going on or I will find out. And here's the thing. You worry about telling people or them finding out. Imagine this. You finally decide you're going to tell uh, whoever it is that you're afraid of. And you go to them and you say, six months ago, I felt so horrible about this problem that I'd had for years. I did something about it, and I went to an intensive workshop, and I haven't touched another woman, or I haven't touched pornography since. I have six months of integrity under my belt, and my wife knows everything. We're partnered together. Now, that kind of confession, you see, that's not going to have any consequence, but we're so grateful you took care of the problem. If I get caught, you're probably going to lose your job, and people lose their jobs, their secular jobs, because they'll find how long you've been using the internet for pornography so there's no 
no downside to getting the help uh, that you need by calling 1-800-NEW-LIFE. It is one amazing weekend. You will meet people. You'll be friends for life. You'll be brothers in the battle for life. And again, this will be taking place over the weekend of February the 8th through the 10th, right here in the Bay Area in San Jose. And to get complete details and to register online for Every Man's Battle Workshop, simply go to newlife.com. That's N-E-W-L-I-F-E dot com. Or you can call toll-free for more information, 800-639-5433, 1-800-639-5433. And I want to underscore what Steve said, that um, whether your, your, your spouse is struggling with this sexual integrity issue or you yourself, um, or maybe there's somebody you know, maybe a friend has confided in you and you know that um, they've really had a difficult time and it's beginning to gnaw on them and, and beginning to impact the relationship, um, then maybe what you need to do is share the message that there is hope for men struggling in this area. And there can be an opportunity to get a fresh start to address the guilt and shame in a shame-free zone, in a safe place, and to be able to get on the road to restoration. And not only in terms of restoration of your relationship with your spouse, with your God, but also restoration of your own integrity. Again, the Every Man's Battle Workshop coming to San Jose, February 8th. Pardon me, through 10. Details on the web at newlife.com. That's 1-800-N-E-W-L-I-F-E, newlife.com. You can click on the workshop button there at the top of the page, and that will lead you right to the information and registration page for the upcoming Every Man's Battle Workshop. Our thanks to Stephen Otterburn, founder and chair of New Life Ministries, weekdays at 1 p.m. each Monday through Friday right here on KFAX. All right, we're going to get a look at traffic. Why not? It's out there. You're in it. Find out why. Let's go over to the KFAX Traffic Center and check in with Michael Bennett. Michael? Well, thank you, Craig. And this report is sponsored by Indeed.com. We have a multi-car crash uh, being reported in San Francisco. This one southbound 280 just past Cesar Chavez, and that is blocking the right-hand lane. Elsewhere, eastbound 80 on the Skyway from the 101 split onto the lower deck of the Bay Bridge. Traffic pretty much at a stop. Southbound 85 in Mountain View. That's heavy stop and go from Moffat Boulevard to Blossom Hill Road. Eastbound 580, you'll find some heavy traffic there uh, from the 80 interchange out to about Keller Avenue in Oakland. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions and then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. That's traffic on AM 1100 KFAX. Attention parents of middle schoolers, high schoolers, and homeschoolers. California Crosspoint Academy in Hayward is hosting an open house this Saturday from 10 until 2. Come see what God is doing. Our chorale will perform and our language classes will sing. We'll have a battle of the bands, robotics demos, and laser cutting demos. Teachers and staff will be available to talk and tour. The food court will be open for lunch. California Crosspoint Academy has an ongoing commitment to excellence in a vibrant Christian environment. Learn more about our middle school and high school. 
California Crosspoint Academy is like no other school in the world, and we have the international reputation and experience to prove it. In fact, we were named a 2016 National Blue Ribbon School of Excellence. Our comprehensive and challenging academics rank among the very best in the nation. The California Crosspoint Academy Open House this Saturday from 10 until 2. Get all the details at crosspointacademy.org. That's crosspointacademy.org. crosspointacademy.org. Does it drive you crazy that other people handle your savings and retirement and you really never know what they're doing with your money? The fact is no one cares more about your hard-earned money than you do. Everything you've worked so hard for should be protected. And who better to do that than you? I want to invite you to attend Tradeway's groundbreaking two-day event, Step 1, Start Your Journey. This powerful education will give you the potential to change your family's financial future. You'll leave the event feeling empowered and you'll have the confidence you need and some pretty great tools to help you get started. Come join us and bring your family. Join us at the Fremont Marriott Silicon Valley, February 15th and 16th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-TRADE, or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. The sexual revolution is marching onward, this time in California's new curricular framework for public education as they draft a new curriculum for the public schools. I downloaded all 1,000 pages, and I can simply say there's a lot to be concerned about here. Just consider the guidelines on gender for third graders. Gender is described as boy, girl, both, neither, trans, genderqueer, non-binary, gender fluid, gender neutral, transgender, agender, neutroid, bigender, third gender, two-spirit, and so it goes. We also have lesson plans on reproductive organs and the argument that they do not necessarily correspond to male and female. You can imagine where this jumps when you're talking about high school students. One more dimension I should note briefly, parents in the document are clearly considered more likely to be the problem than the solution. Don't say you weren't warned. I'm Albert Moeller. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Timeless wisdom, encouraging proverbs, and powerful promises. At BibleStudyTools.com, we aim to provide the best free resources for knowing the Word of God and applying its powerful truths to your life. Use BibleStudyTools.com's daily Bible verse for inspiration as you start each day. Find powerful verses on more than 300 topics that relate to your life's challenges and needs. Verses to encourage your soul, lift your spirit, and strengthen your faith. Visit BibleStudyTools.com. That's BibleStudyTools.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation. As you are likely aware, and if you listen to this radio program, I hope you're listening, not dozing on us here. Um, the uh, month of January is uh, a time to reflect on the historic 1973 Roe v. Wade decision, which made abortion legal in America. And since 1973, events and rallies have taken place around the nation in defense and support of protecting life. Such an event took place just this past weekend in Washington, D.C., the annual March for Life. Hundreds of thousands of people gathering from all over the country attending this annual event as they do. Though, if you don't listen to this program, you likely didn't hear much about it because typically the mainstream media likes to keep it all hush-hush. 
Therefore, isn't it ironic that while they didn't say much at all about the folks that came from across the country to defend life, they had plenty to say about a small confrontation that occurred at the Lincoln Memorial that um, puts a bit of, I think, perspective on the liberal media's rush to judgment and the inclination that um, they oftentimes report things not even as they are, but as they hope that they are, would like them to be in order to support their own conclusions or narratives. Such is the case of the confrontation between Nathan Phillips and a Covington Catholic High School student by the name of Nick Sandman. And it was reported, as you probably saw, at least from the initial reports, that there was this confrontation that took place and uh, terrible things were said and very abusive um, situation that this poor uh, Native American Nathan Phillips uh, had to be berated at the hands of these out-of-control, angry racists. And then the rest of the story. Joining me now from the Bob Zadek Show, Charlie Dice. Bob Zadek's program, of course, is every Sunday at 8 a.m. on our sister station, 860 a.m. The Answer, and broadcast across the nation. Charlie, great to have you on the show. Hi, Craig. Thanks for having me on. So, wow, this is uh, this is interesting the way all you need to do is kind of roll back the tape or let the tape continue to play and the truth begins to emerge, and this certainly seems to be the case of the so-called confrontation between student Nick Sandman from Covington Catholic High School in Kentucky and Nathan Phillips. The first thing I find almost, I guess, not surprising, but but worth noting, that there were two counter-events taking place at the exact same time as the March for Life which says to me, in many respects, they were probably looking for a fight in the first place. Is that is that accurate? This story really stuck in my craw when I first heard about it. I was actually in D.C. this weekend, and I just sort of, uh, I didn't actively participate in the March for Life, but I was, was a supportive onlooker, and it was, I think, remarkable, as you noted, that the, the main coverage that came out in mainstream media, they said, nary a word about the march, but uh, there have been pages and pages and, and all these Twitter mobs that have come up to, to debate this uh, this confrontation that does seem to have been, in a sense, fabricated by people's sense of self-righteousness and, and bias. Uh, the, the, the video that you mentioned that first got published by the New York Times had a caption on it. It said, Teenagers Taunt Native American Elder in Washington. And based on the headline and the image that they showed, you would have the impression, and I first had the impression, you know, oh, no, what happened? It looks like some rambunctious teens, uh, you know, really maybe cross a line. But then it turns out that if you watch the full video, as some journalists have, including uh, a commentator for a reason named Robbie Suave, who's been very careful with these stories, he was the one who uh, first shed some skepticism on another famous journalistic hoax, which was the Rolling Stone case of uh, a young woman who had claimed to have been uh, raped at a fraternity. It turned out that she had completely fabricated that story. So there are some of these cases, and this appears to be one of them, where the media just gets it dead wrong. Well, and, and you because know, aside, you can see from the, 
aside from the, the, the clear rush to judgment here, uh, there are a few that are attempting to kind of walk this back now as more of the video has gone out. And, you know, we're, we're, we're taught in journalism school that it's very important as you present a story that you present it in context. Uh, because you can uh, otherwise uh, extract certain elements to essentially paint any picture you want. I mean, give me any good story, and, and, and I can draw uh, you know, conclusions left, right, middle, center, whatever we'd like to, if we take it out of context. And here is clearly uh, what would appear on the surface to be an effort by the New York Times and other uh, media outlets, I might add, who if not showing the video, at least grab some screenshots. And you would think to yourself, well, here is this this young man who is clearly engaged in this willful, wanton um, uh, confrontation with an older Native American when, in fact, there was something very different going on here. Give us, give us the full picture. Walk us back, if you would, um, uh, Charlie, to the totality of what this so-called confrontation was really about. Sure. So I think that, again, um, Robbie Suave has done some of the best commentary on this, and he actually waded through the several hours of video that shows what happened from beginning to end. And first, the, uh, the, the misconception from the, from the get-go is that these students were there looking for a confrontation, when in fact they were told to be at this location by their chaperones, the bus was going to pick them up at a certain time, and they arrived because they had finished with their sightseeing, and when they got there, they noticed that there was uh, one protest going on, or there, there, were a, there was a small group of demonstrators from a group that's well-known in Washington, D.C. And this is the black Hebrew Israelites who are a very uh, sort of, uh, they're known for, for being particularly confrontational and, and very uh, hateful in a lot of the, the way that they uh, present their message. And they started hurling insults at these boys uh, who were just kind of onlookers at the time. And after some time passes, and uh, according to what we see in the video, is we see that they're, tr- they're basically trying to diffuse the situation uh, at, at a certain point after these insults are being hurled, including at one of their uh, fellow students who happens to be African-American, uh, they, they begin to, to take issue with the, the confrontation that is being directed at them, and they ask their chaperones for permission to uh, use some of their school chants as a as a Catholic boys' school. They've got a lot of spirit, and so they are able to kind of muster the spirit in the in the defense of, of of just their peaceful existence there on the on the Lincoln Memorial Plaza. So rather than just and, stand there and, and take after, it, they say we're we're gonna we're gonna engage in some pep rally cheers uh, in response to and, and let me be clear about this: a lot of very. Um, nasty racial epitaphs that are being hurled at this group of uh, teenagers from the high school by uh, the the Hebrew, the black Hebrew Israelites. So that's kind of their way to say, well, we're, we're going to kind of try to diffuse this here. And, and, and then from there, it kind of escalates. This is where it gets interesting, because there's also the Indigenous Peoples March going on, and this elderly Native American, Nathan Phillips, uh, he decides that he wants to uh, allegedly intervene in order to sort of make peace. But he starts marching with his drum uh, directly into the, the group of students and approaches them in a way where he's kind of, it, it's unclear, you know, where exactly he's looking to go because he's just walking right into this mass of students who hasn't moved the whole time. And this results in the famous image that we see where there's the smirking student, or rather the smiling student who, 
doesn't quite know what's going on. Uh, another comment that I uh, picked up in, in Robbie Suave's articles is that uh, this student was actually among the, the most uh, uh, eager to defuse the conflict. And when some of his uh, surrounding students were, were being more rambunctious, he gave them the cue to cut it out. You know, he, he was not looking for a confrontation. So this was really taken out of context. And the, the shameful thing, not only did Phillips then take his account to the press and get a lot of important details just com- completely backwards or report them in conflicting ways to conflicting sources, but then the media picked it up. And then you have people on the left in particular, in this case, sometimes it's people on the right who get these things wrong and, and, and run with their confirmation bias. But in this case, it was a very egregious case of, of, of the, the Twitter mob coming to, you know, rushing into judgment and cementing this narrative about a smirking teen who was looking for a confrontation with an elderly Native American man. And, of course, you know, again, uh, if you take it out of context, you can put any kind of a caption you want uh, underneath the screen grab to to paint whatever picture that you want. The truth is, and the long-form video clearly demonstrates, that Nathan Phillips voluntarily injected himself into the situation and began to approach the students. The ones that were actually doing the taunting were not the students. It started with the other side. So if anything, he's facing the wrong direction. That's the first thing we can conclude. Secondarily, uh, the, this suggestion that as, as he reported to the press, the teenagers began to attack. Well, there is not a shred of evidence from a video that lasts well over an hour that shows the totality of the the confrontation, and I'm putting that in my air quotes here, that there was no attack whatsoever, that in fact it seems as if to gain a little bit of notoriety, I would suppose, Mr. Phillips sort of uh, changed up the narrative here for his own benefit. He'll also, by the way, add the fact that he claimed to be a a two-times-over Vietnam vet. That turns out to be a complete fabrication. May I right now, here and now, say stolen valor, uh, that said, um, the one thing that really, really set me aback, uh, Charlie, is the fact that on the back side of all of this, once the entire video gets released, and now there's the aha moment that this is nothing at all as it's been characterized by the New York Times, nothing at all as it's been characterized by Nathan Phillips, uh, the, 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 the liberal end of the media so upset that suddenly this thing is kind of flopped into an absolute nothing, and, and if anything, is more demonstrative of the confrontational attitude by um, Nathan Phillips or the black Hebrew Israelites, that in fact they say, and this is what I uh, really like, the, the, the one comment here, uh, that the, the, looking at the, this young man, this teenager, um, Mr. Sandman, and saying that, quote, He was clearly, and I'm quoting here, harboring racist intentions as evidenced by his smile, close quote. Now, if there isn't more of a you've got to be kidding me moment, that's certainly it for me. It's amazing how we all become mind readers in these situations and we know exactly what's in the hearts and minds of these people. But you comment, you know, about the uh, the, the, the liberal mob, but I think that one thing that was equally uh, dismaying was the initial response of a lot of prominent conservatives in rushing to judgment. I think that there's this sense of people not wanting to be lumped in with, you know, those deplorables. And so there, there are a few different camps. There, there are the leftist partisans who just want to destroy Trump and will use any situation to further their agenda. Then you have the 
kind of lukewarm conservatives who are afraid of being lumped in with Trump and accused of being, I don't know, evil incarnate. And these are, in some sense, the most dangerous because it's kind of cannibalizing their own, uh, you know, their, their friends. In some cases, it was the, the parents or the, uh, the the people in the school or in the diocese where these students belonged. And I wonder, you know, people have commented, is this going to leave a scar on some of these students in terms of their faith in their community and the, and the faith in the people that should have been kind of looking out for them? Well, good point. And rather than and then, course, rather than standing up for them and saying, wait a minute, that isn't at all what happened, uh, immediately both the archdiocese and the school issued lengthy apologies. Oops. Now, how do you retract the retraction? Uh, you know, somebody can go to the press and say the teenagers began to attack, and all of a sudden it looks like a scene out of some uh, cheap 1950s horror movie, uh, when in fact it isn't at all what happened here. And the, the, the bigger picture, if anything, is demonstrative that these young kids who don't have a lot of experience dealing with this, and by the way, the processors that are out there, they're out there all the time. They do this all the time. They intentionally try to uh, to engage people to get a rise out of them. And you got a bunch of high school kids that were actually fairly level-headed, pretty restrained. And if you think a guy walking up to you beating the drum and chanting, and he's heading towards you nonstop, and clearly he intends to get right in your face, which uh, Nathan Phillips did just that, um, to this uh, this young man, um, and and all he did was stood his ground and smiled. And for that, he has been uh, in every way painted with such a negative brush by mainstream media. I, I think it's also important to note that in the backside of the full story coming out, um, Nathan Phillips, in the attempt to try and, I don't know what, what do we call this here, Charlie, safe face, says that, well, they stole my narrative. <laughs> now we get to own which narrative, I guess. And he's turned down an invitation to sit down, have dinner, uh, and a gentleman had offered to fly him to uh, wherever it was, I think to Kentucky, to meet with the kids over dinner at a nice restaurant, break bread, and essentially make amends. Um, and everything, by the way, all expense paid, and he has turned that down, which which says to me those that remark and that one action alone, I think, really shows what is behind the motivation of Nathan Phillips. Right. And if you think it's worth having a conversation about how Native Americans have been mistreated, and I think in some cases that is a, that's a very worthwhile conversation to have, then, then that's a conversation that can be had at a completely separate venue. This is a conversation about a particular case of how, in particular, social media is fueling this new environment where almost anyone can become a victim of this treatment, and you get people, you know, public figures, people like uh, Reza Aslan, who was a CNN commentator until recently, tweeting out a photo of the boy saying, have you ever seen a more punchable face than this kid's? And that gets thousands of retweets, and there's no call for him to take that down. Uh, but, but I think before we just hunker down in whatever our preferred narrative is, we always need to look at the facts first. And everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but not everyone is entitled to their own facts. And in this case, uh, the facts have come out more or less. You know, we, we can't say with certainty. You know, was there one student maybe uh, in the crowd who at some point uh, made a made a comment that would have inflamed someone, one of the other protesters? In, in all of the videos, there there is no instance of where you can hear a student chanting "Build the Wall," as was sometimes reported. Um, I haven't been able to find anything showing that there was this kind of tomahawk chop mocking Native Americans. But 
to the extent that there was this dynamic, I do think that a lot of this stuff just gets lost kind of in these crowd dynamics. And the, the big takeaway that I have is is you can't win in those situations. I mean, I think that this kid did a, a noble thing by you know, maintaining his composure under those circumstances. And I'm sure that if I were at that age, I don't know what I would have done exactly. But in this case, I do think that the facts are, are fairly clear. And if you want to hear the, the fuller story from someone who really did sit down and pay attention to these videos, uh, Robbie Suave is also going to be on the Bob Zadig show this coming Sunday to talk with Bob in more depth about what the facts are and, and how we can deal with this environment, this new environment. Uh, some some people have called it truth decay. It's this world where we, we no longer can turn to the media for, uh, for, for the truth like we used to be able to, or whether or not we actually... I've never been able to rely on the media for, for the full truth is a, another question. But in particular now, it really seems like the media is, is not doing us uh, any any real services by immediately jumping on some bandwagon that promotes their preferred narrative. And sadly, any racist fool uh, that has access to computer and Facebook can get on and, and distort information here. And, you know, I, I want to be very careful here in underscoring that... Uh, Terrible, awful, horrible, racist actions take place in this country every single day. And if the last few years have taught us anything, we have come nowhere nearly as far as we thought we had in terms of racial parity and uh, the ability to, uh, what did Rodney King say, uh, all get along. Uh, and, and, And that needs to be acknowledged. That said, there are some people for whom this has become a cottage industry, uh, meaning uh, trying to churn the waters, and in doing so will um, molest the truth in any fashion possible in order to meet their agenda. And, you know, I, the, what's sad about this is that it removes every vestige, every sense of hope. You know, if we live in a nation where hope is completely gone, where we have the sense that there is no chance of ever being able to make amends, come together, make, you know, make restitution where it needs to be made, um, engage in forgiveness, ask for forgiveness, and try to work together and come together as a nation. If, if, if any hope, any shred of that of a possibility is completely gone, then what are we saying to ourselves? That we're just destined to self-destruct? That like a cancer, we're just going to eat ourselves until we disappear. Is that really where we're headed? Or should we say, yes, while acknowledging that there are terrible people and terrible things that go on all the time, and a, a stop needs to be put to it, that there are people that don't all have evil intentions, aren't out to destroy everybody's life all the time, aren't out to stomp on everyone else, and that those people need to come together and stand for a greater good. I mean, on on the heels of yesterday being uh, Martin Luther King Day, I think it's important, even in this narrative, to be mindful of one of the fundamental principles that Dr. King stood upon, and that was peaceful protest. And the old adage that you can get more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. And I think that demonstrative of the church saying we're going to stand up for what is right, we are going to stand up, but we're not going to be violent. And this is a case here where these young men, by the way, Christian men, chose not to be violent. And, you know, if you looked at this on face value, the narrative easily could have been, you know, a group of old men attack young Catholic boys. Wow, would that gather some headlines? 
Of course, that would be inaccurate. Uh, so, too, is the suggestion that um, this video somehow shows um, a violent, what was the quote here? Um, I want to make sure. Teenagers beginning to attack. That was the quote. That is demonstrative of teenagers beginning to attack, being beasts, and the black Israelites their prey. Uh, those are quotes, by the way, from Nathan Phillips. And uh, Mr. Phillips, all I can say is shame on you. And um, it's sad that these young men have been um, exposed to the reality of the false narrative uh, as they are uh, in, in this case here. And I think an important lesson for all of us that uh, we need to uh, not always rush to judgment. Let's collect the facts before we make pronouncements or draw any conclusions. And um, let's try to keep hope alive here, too, shall we? And not suggest that every single situation is what we want it to be because it supports our narrative that all all people that don't look like us are horrible and uh, that this is all falling apart. Because if that's the truism here, then there is no hope. And um, if that be the case, then we'll just destroy each other now and be done with it. I would like to think, though, that that isn't the case. And in fact, there is hope. But we have to play our part in trying to stand up for the truth, demonstrate hope, and demonstrate love toward each other. Sadly, that did not happen here. And the real story, you'll hear more in depth um, again this Sunday at 8 o'clock on the Bob Zadek Show. And I want to thank Charlie Deist for being with us. And again, remind you to tune in at 8 a.m. this Sunday morning at 8.60 a.m. The Answer, that's our sister station, and uh, get a chance to... uh, to listen to uh, the rest of the story, as they say, with Bob Zadek. Bob Zadek Show information available on the web at bobzadek.com. That's Bob, Z-A-D-E-K, bobzadek.com. All right, we've made it to 6 o'clock. Thank you, Charlie Dice, for being with us on that report. We've got more for you. Coming up next, talk about not telling the entire story. Let's talk about a church being too blighted for a downtown vibrancy plan. Here's an embarrassing situation for the city of Salinas. We'll talk a bit about what's happening. And uh, the victims on this side, New Harvest Christian Fellowship, as constitutional lawyer Brad Dacus joins us next. Right now, though, Michael Meta joins us for a look at traffic here at 6 o'clock. Michael. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.